A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to another members-only Beast Inside episode of The Daily Beast, The New Abnormal. We thank you so much for being here. Hi there, I'm New Abnormal producer Jesse Cannon, and today we're going to have a really fun episode where Molly and I sit down to talk with the Daily Beast, Will Summer, about what in the hell is happening with all the craziness at CPAC. Um, let's talk about CPAC, but first you and I need to talk about the very real, very disturbing <laughs> phenomenon that we both experienced, CPAC FOMO. <laughs> And for those who don't know what FOMO means, it's the fear of missing out. We both admitted to each other right before we recorded this that we both had tin pin pings, tinges of wanting to be there. True? Yes. I mean, you know, I don't know if you want to call it Stockholm Syndrome over a couple (laughs) years or what, but, uh, you know, I I think that, um, you know, yeah, you and I have both been there in the past. And and really, the for people who haven't been there in the past, like, the CPAC experience, about 5% of it is the speeches you can see online. The whole, the rest of it is the weird after parties, the exhibit booth, just all the weird, like, the the people just acting weird in the hallways. Like, that's really what I come to CPAC for. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, there's a global pandemic. Pandemic, and I did not want to catch the coronavirus. So when we say people acting weird in the hallways, is that things like Roger Stone dancing to a rapper singing that Trump yes. won the election? <laughs> that did you see that video? What what was that video? Yeah, I mean, so Roger Stone, I guess, I don't know if he had planned this or just encountered this guy, but he he runs into a sort of uh, uh, one of the one of many sort of MAGA rappers uh, outside of CPAC hold on, and hold, Roger Stone. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on to that detail. Many MAGA rappers, not just one. <laughs> I would think there would only be one. Uh, I didn't know I, there were more I than one. I can't stress enough how many MAGA rappers there are. <laughs> I mean, wait, really? Oh, That's a real thing. I, I can think of. I mean, I think there's at least a dozen. Um, wow. You know. Well, wow. all I'm saying is this is uh, you and I might be working <laughs> on something together, and it's going to definitely be documenting that. <laughs> I think that would be a great episode. Yeah. I mean, th- there's. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they, they really just have a thriving industry um and so one of these MAGA rappers is you know kind of doing his rap and then roger stone is sort of in his full like babadook style kind of like like the hype man like flavor flav to this guy yeah i i I, I really didn't have that feeling that like when everybody's like oh he's the penguin oh he's the joker or whatever i'm like flavor flav who knew that's really what he is (laughs) it's Baffling. I mean, the thing about really the stuff outside of CPAC is where you start to really feel it. I don't know if you saw there was a Trump float. Dave Weigel from The Washington Post is there, as are like three other journalists we know. It's a small I mean, it it must be it's a much smaller crew this year because it's in Florida. And um, but some of the pictures he's posted have been incredible, including the Trump Unity trailer getting towed <laughs> by the police. 
<laughs> it's, I mean, the, the whole thing is incredible. I mean, it definitely is sort of a, a toned down CPAC this year. I think you can tell that the audience is a lot smaller as well. Um, and just like the vibe, there's, there's fewer big names. I mean, Marco Rubio just dropped out. Was Marco canceled or did he cancel? He's, as far as we know, he canceled. Um, I would find it unlikely. I, I don't think CPAC would cancel on him. Um, right. Of course, he did this right after Paul Gosar, who was supposed to follow him, you know, to be around him on the schedule. Uh, another congressman went to this sort of white nationalist event next to CPAC. And I don't, the night before. Right, right. And I don't know if that played into it, but, you know, it could have. Can we talk about, so this happened last CPAC too. Can you explain what this white nationalist event is? Sure. So this is a group called they call themselves America First. Um, they're they're kind of based around this this young guy, this guy in his twenties named Nick Fuentes, who's sort of this white nationalist leader. Um, really a nasty character. I mean, he marched in Charlottesville. Uh, so these guys are you know he he was at the riot though he claims he didn't enter the Capitol. They're basically I mean they're basically white nationalists, white supremacists who. try to avoid saying that explicitly uh, in an attempt to essentially infiltrate the GOP. You know, unfortunately, they've managed to recruit um, some people to their cause. Uh, Columnist Michelle Malkin uh, is is sort of, they call her like their mother, essentially. Wasn't she always sort of a white nationalist, though? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, look, I I think like 10 to 15 years ago, she wrote a book defending internment camps. (laughs) So obviously, you you know, it's not like she's had awesome politics before. Can you just explain a little bit about Michelle Malkin? Sure. So Michelle Malkin was this kind of long, long-running conservative columnist. Certainly, I mean, going back to the George W. Bush era, she was a big deal. She was on Fox News a lot. And she kind of was like right at the, f- like kind of dancing on the fringe before you can't go on Fox News anymore or you lose your book deals. Um, and then with the the rise of... Um, this America First group, she, I mean, her whole thing was really like being hardline against immigration. Yeah. And with this, she kind of stepped over the line and like, you know, she got booted out of a, uh, out of like a conservative speakers group and this kind of stuff. And now she's really kind of all in on being kind of this hero to these, these white nationalists who are trying to take over the Republican Party. It seems like there's been a lot of people who've dropped off of speaking here or been canceled, yet you're supposed to be railing against canceling is the whole theme of the thing. <laughs> Can you talk to us about what's happening there? Sure. So so this year's theme of CPAC is America uncancelled, right? So cancellation <laughs> is over. We're bringing back America. Um, and the, but of course, every year with CPAC, there's kind of like every year you can expect something to happen. And one of the things that happens is that it turns out that CPAC has invited just a total like extremist nut that they're going to have to kick off the platform. This, this uh, happens every year. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so this year they invited a a guy named Young Pharaoh who's sort of like a like a hard right, you know, like a, a black activist, um like very conservative and and really, I mean, very relevant for CPAC. I mean, he really does not like Jewish people. Um yeah. and so he had not all these kind a of, lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he had all these tweets about, you know, how much he doesn't like Jews and how it, it you know, he being uh, Jewish is like a fake religion. Um mm, and so yeah. this was pretty embarrassing to CPAC when it came out. And as a Jew, one of the weird things CPAC does is they are they they are like obsessed with Judaism, right? Like there's Jewish prayers, there's Judaism, Judaism, Judaism in the schedule and um because of this like Israel Holy Land stuff. And we, I I know you sat through 
that interview with the former Israeli ambassador, mm -hmm. right, today, that weird interview where he was interviewed about the Abraham Accords, which I, I don't, where they, I, this amazing idea that the Trump administration has brought peace to the Middle East is like one of my favorite weird Trumpy tropes. Yeah, I always get a kick out of that because, you know, I mean, when Trump was in office and it would be like, okay, the UAE, you know, is signing some accord and, and Morocco and stuff. And it's like, I mean, those countries were not at war with Israel. You know? <laughs> and people are like, you know, there was blood in the sand and, and we, we solved it. I mean, it, you know, it's it just, it just so bizarre that and they've given them this name, the Abraham Accords, that sounds, you know, so weighty. Mm. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. But it, the idea is basically Jared is Jewish. <laughs> right, right. Uh, these people are canceling, they're dropping out. But the other strange thing you were saying is that they're actually kicking people out for not wearing masks. Yeah, so this is this weird tension in CPAC because on one hand, so apparently to, to get this hotel, they had to promise that people would wear masks except <laughs> when they're speaking. Um, when they're Which speaking. is a hard left. Go on, sorry. <laughs> so, so they... So they said this, but at the same time, you're inviting perhaps, you know, the people who least are willing to wear masks to celebrate often how much they hate masks. Um, and so, you know, you have speakers like Ted Cruz saying how dumb it is to wear masks. Uh, and then, but the, the crowd and they're saying, well, I don't want to wear masks. And Will, uh, Will Turton from Bloomberg, the, one of the reporters there, he witnessed people just totally ignoring the security guards. He claims he saw a woman cough at a security guard who told her to wear a mask. Um, and so then occasionally in CPAC, you have to have the organizers stand up and say, uh, oh, you know, we all love property rights, right? Or everybody goes, yeah. And they're right. like, well, what about the right to have people wear a mask on your property? <laughs> and everyone goes, boo! <laughs> uh, so this is, this is very controversial. Oh, man. Yeah, that was an amazing little speech where they came out like hostages. The two <laughs> sort of, I felt so bad for them, actually. These sort of two people who work behind the scenes in CPAC. And they said, you know, this is a private establishment. They tried so hard. And then people just booed. They're really in a tough spot. And uh, we've seen these conservative influencers who almost, it seems, are deliberately getting kicked out of CPAC by not wearing a mask. Because for them, I mean, CPAC is sort of just the place to be see and be seen. They don't really care if they get kicked out. I mean, they don't want to hurt their brand by wearing a mask. And so we've seen a right. lot of these guys say, um, well, oh, you know, they, they kind of get, get the video of the, the ceremonial ouster from CPAC. I, I, I think that this is becoming the funny thing is that, like, they're really against being canceled but it's actually seemed like the culture of conservatives now is like the merit badge is like you got canceled like marjorie taylor green's a celebrity now because she got canceled i saw this picture of people waiting to take pictures with marjorie taylor green I, which i just thought was kind of amazing because she's probably the least powerful woman in congress yeah oh yeah well i mean she's literally like the least powerful member of congress because she's not on any committees now um yeah. but yeah i mean certainly you know they they even stretch towards claiming they've been canceled when they haven't been canceled in any way like um this pro marjorie taylor green website claimed that she had been disinvited from cpac and sort of when you dig into it it was that they didn't give her a speaking slot well, I mean, you know, that's a pretty low bar, but they were saying, oh, you know, CPAC has uh, is turned on Marjorie Taylor Greene. The thing that I was really struck by, and we've only seen two days of this, was two things. One was that they're so light on policy 
Like, you never hear anyone, I mean, except for, like, they want, you know, the right one, the left wants to take away your guns, the left wants to um, kill your babies, you know. But but they don't ever say, like, you know, minimum wage or there's no sort of nuts and bolts stuff, which I think is interesting. And then the other thing is that it really is reliant on this idea that the left is really dangerous. Yeah, I mean, the, the the only policy discussion you hear at CPAC is when some lobbyist is clearly trying to, like, plant something. I mean, we, we know that— Or the heritage. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very like, oh, suddenly there's this panel on an issue I've never heard of. Oh, and what a coincidence, <laughs> yes. this person is a big donor to CPAC. Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, no, really, it is the—you know, theoretically, uh, CPAC is supposed to be, you know, kind of we bring together the factions of the conservative movement and they kind of hash it out. Uh, uh, but this year, I, I think everyone is number one, so shell shocked from 2020, and yeah. they're unable to. They can't acknowledge that they lost because that would mean acknowledging that Trump lost. Um, and then everyone's just so terrified of Trump, um, and so he's speaking on the final night. So it seems like there's a lot of like, oh, I don't want to say something that maybe Trump takes bad. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk that he's going to denounce Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, for not bowing to him enough yeah it is there is definitely a undercurrent of fear which is really strange and interesting and then there are the weird cpac has made all these deals with korea and japan Yes, yes. I mean, and so this is kind of what I, what we're getting into with, like, the, the sense of, like, someone is getting paid here, or, like, what's yes. the payoff? Um, yes. Right, so there's, CPAC has, like, alliances with, the, there's a Korean CPAC, and I believe now a Japanese CPAC, um, and these are kind of, like, these sister groups, Matt Schlapp, the head of the of CPAC, has sort of been involved in creating, and there's just a lot of, like, kind of what's the weird influence play going on. It's kind of like with the um, the Epoch Times, which is the newspaper run by this Chinese dissident group that's very pro-Trump. And in that case, it's kind of like, okay, they're trying to win Americans over to kind of their specific cause in China. Um, in this case, I mean, there's all these like kind of weird characters from Japan in particular. There's a guy who calls himself a samurai futurist <laughs> yeah. and says that Donald Trump is like the ultimate samurai. Oh, And can you explain that to me? Because I've watched that ad like 15 times and it still doesn't make any sense to me. He's a cult leader, right? I, I think this may be two separate guys from Japan. Oh, it's, it's, okay, it's, it's, sorry, that's a different guy. Just before yeah. we spoke, I, I, I would just want to make sure we were we were right on there. Because I because I think the samurai futurist guy is just like, a, like you know, it's great when you look this guy when you look up a guy on Google, and the first result is he's a he's a war crimes denier. <laughs> so I mean, so, so these are the <laughs> kind of guys great. who are kind of like it, it, kind of the stars of CPAC this year, really, because so so many of the main the main. Republicans have decided to skip it. And also the NRA is out of business. Right, right. The NRA, they're trying to, you know, kind of recoup whatever money they can. And so it, there's just a like kind of a weird, certainly in the the past CPACs I had been to were, were during the Trump administration. And in those times, you can really feel that kind of like the influence peddling is going on. A lot of money's right. pouring into CPAC. Um, and this time was kind of like, you know, just the heart wasn't in it. Even like kind of the 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 Groypers, the Nick Fuentes crew, a couple of them tried to sneak in and they loved to kind of be chased by the security guards. And they were like, it felt very perfunctory. Man, I, I will say this. If uh, 
I had been to the career fair and I could had seen war crimes denier was on the menu. I would not have chosen <laughs> podcast producer. <laughs> I don't think war crimes denier is quite enough. As a, I don't think that's a career. I think that's just an element. Gotcha, gotcha. It did strike me as very low energy too. Like these people were just couldn't get excited. You know that people weren't excited. But Fox Nation still, and, and the Beast had a really good piece about this by Lloyd Grove and co. They actually paid $250,000. They're like one of the big underwriters of the event. Yeah, Fox Nation is such a weird little creature to me. I mean, so this is Fox's uh, sort of uh, online streaming service. Um, it's it's Fox's answer to Disney Plus or Netflix. Um, but, but in this case, but instead Disney of, you know, WandaVision or something like that, right. you get... Steve Ducey goes to America's national parks. Um, That's I mean, right, the, or castles. Yeah, the, the signature, I mean, okay, Paula Dean is on Fox Nation. I mean, it's such an odd little place. It, it, a big thing, it, it, as you mentioned, Molly, is they go to, like, they just, they, they do, a, like, a category. So it'll be like, okay, we're going to all of America's greatest stadiums or or the greatest national parks or, like, um, big, big factories and stuff. And, I mean, the obvious thing that's going on here is those are super cheap to make. Uh, all you have to do is move, like, 12 people around the country. Uh, uh, and, and and so that's the kind of material you get on you get on Fox Nation and incredibly lurid true crime. <laughs> true crime is I good mean, for I actually, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean they have Nancy Grace, for example. Ooh. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Or... I prefer... Don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like Rothy's, Allbirds, Brooklinen, and so much more. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every major e-commerce platform to Shopify. If you're anything like me, you're one of those don't put me in a box people. Everyone who knows me knows. 
those. I'm a don't put me in a box person. And thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, control of your brand and business is always in your hands, from your storefront look to your back office operations. I hate when checking out from an online store and then having to pull out my credit card and type in all those numbers. A Shopify store remembers my shipping address and payment information. So if I'm on the couch and my wallet is on the kitchen counter, I don't even have to get up. Stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash abnormal. So, so, so I want to take us back to CPAC. So one of the things I thought we saw a lot of was just this total fantasy world that these people live in. And particularly one of the big themes that Molly and I were joking about that was so funny is that all they do is rail against big tech, ignoring the fact that the conservative movement is solely propped up by big tech letting them, Facebook. yeah, by fa- yeah. Facebook letting them be propped up with everything they do to keep conservatives being read all day. What do you think about that? Right, I mean, it, it, right. There is this kind of this constant um, sort of self-victimization uh, that conservatives do, where they say, "Oh my gosh, Facebook, Google, Twitter—they're all after us." But you see these, you know, these daily, weekly lists of the top pages on Facebook, and it's like Dan Bongino is five out of ten. And, right. and, and the rest ben is Ben Shapiro. Shapiro. Right. Yeah. And so it, it is this very weird idea. I mean, certainly the, the platforms appear to like them because they, they keep people engaged and they kind of get people riled up. Um, but, you know, I mean, we had some representation at CPAC this year from kind of the off-brand social media networks. Um, I don't yeah. think... Part- <laughs> what is that thing called? Yeah, so... so <laughs> Freedom Tube? It, 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 right, so there was Freedom Tube, which is weirdly <laughs> like a bunch... Like, it's sort of like a knockoff of each one. So it's like Freedom Tube, Freedom Book, like Freedom Twitter, essentially. <laughs> it's, just, it's sick of being... I, I mean, you really see that, like, writers and artists are not conservatives, right? If the best you can come up with is Freedom Tube. I mean, it really is right right there. And then there was the there was another one uh, called Clout Hub, which is yeah. run by a guy whose name is Jeff Brain. Oh, yes. And yes. people were just making fun of him and... <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Brain gets up there and he does his speech. And but but Jeff, like the key thing is if you're promoting your company, you need to learn how to pronounce its name. Mm. And so Jeff Brain was saying <laughs> so, so it's called Clout Hub. And but I think he maybe maybe doesn't know clout because it's kind of like a slang term for like social media prominence. And he was saying he was saying that's why you gotta go on Cloud Hub. And, and so everyone I'm I'm watching the, the CPAC chat and everyone's going like it's called clouded? Like what am I supposed <laughs> to check out? It is amazing. And the My Pillow, I was watching it on right on the right stuff. Is that what it's uh, called? Right side broadcasting. Right side broadcasting, which is um like it seems to be largely sponsored yeah, by yeah, the, it's the My, the Pillow, My Pillow, Pillow News Network. Is that what it basically. is? I mean basically it, it it was not always that case, but but he certainly has, you know, just like he has with like frankly the you know the Tucker Carlson, the ads on there. I mean, it is the the My Pillow show. And so, you know, you're watching CPAC and a quarter of your screen is just Mike Lindell just embracing this pillow. <laughs> So silly. I mean, um, can we talk a little bit about the uh, 
all of the weird accoutrements that we saw, like the golden Trump statue, which was made in Mexico. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, for me, I think the uh, defining image of this CPAC, at least so far, is this image of a giant, kind of like a Bart Simpson-y Trump oh. yeah. being this golden Trump idol being wheeled into CPAC. Do we think he hugs it like he hugged the flag this time? Well, you know, it, it's a pretty, like, if it weren't for kind of like the, the, you know, it was made with love and stuff. I mean, people were saying like any authoritarian leader, like you'd be executed if you made the right. leader look like, like he's wearing like board shorts and he's he looks very like like Cowabunga man. Yeah, I he's wearing. I have trouble imagining Donald Trump in flip flops. Mm. Yes. Yes. Like that struck me as a bit odd. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, as you mentioned, it was made by, I think, a Trump enthusiast, so sort of an American expat in Mexico, um, and then sort of shipped up here. And he claims he's working on a silver version for the Trump library. So this may not be the last we see of cool Trump. But it is the first time anyone has brought up the Trump library unironically. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Right? I mean, he's working on it for the Trump. Nobody has mentioned this Trump library. Actually, though, Trump did say he was going to raise like $2 billion for it. Well, I think the big thing with the Trump Library, actually, is that um, it, the only thing I've heard about it is conservatives angry that there will be, you know, it will be open to historians and researchers. <laughs> and just this sense that, like, that, like, essentially he needs to destroy all the documents and it should sort of be this just monument to Trump in the way that the Nixon Library was for a while. <laughs> mm. Mm. Let's talk about the 20. I mean, even though this thing was such a joke, there still were 2024 candidates who popped up. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had a, you know, we, we had a lot of people. We had Ted Cruz um, who kind of got up there and did sort of a riff on Cancun. And he said, um, you know, oh, Florida's nice, but oh, I wish I was in Cancun. Ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah, that struck me. Did Could you tell what the feeling was there? It is. I, I have to say, I mean, the Seaback crowd is <laughs> smaller this year, but it does sound like just a lot of people are bombing. Mm, yeah. uh, right. That's what it sounded like to me, but I couldn't tell because I'm not there. Right. So, so it's hard for us to know just from the live streams. But but so Ted Cruz gets up and he does his kind of, you know, Ted Cruz, you know, pop culture hour where he goes, you know, he's like, oh, I'm mixing my Star Trek and Star Wars metaphors and, you know, yeah. crickets from the crowd. Yeah. Um, similarly, yeah. you know, amazing. <laughs> you know, if I should even, you know, I cringe to consider him a 2024 candidate. But but Don Jr. gets up there and and does his thing and and, and the crowd again i you know i feel like you need original formula trump um even don jr was was not really getting a lot of love from the crowd it seemed like that speech got cut very short yes i i, I think that's right it was very it was very abrupt it felt like him and both K and kimberly guilfoyle who came out with all these kind of fireworks it felt very <laughs> sort of like uh you know we have to let them up she ended with that best is yet to come screaming thing which i guess is now her signature but at least it felt like she had a speech delivered, whereas when he got up there and he started talking about, he had this line where he was like, speaking of bobbing Syria, have you seen Liz Cheney's poll numbers? Yes. Yeah, he clearly, he botched the joke, right? He should have said bomb, right. just bombing, not bombing Syria. And then right. he kind of tried to salvage it. It's like the Cheney family loves to bomb the Middle East. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah, it, 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 I don't think he'll be at the Laugh Factory anytime soon. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I i mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but it is interesting to me. D Trump Jr. is very anti-war in this strange way. And he and it's like completely incongruous with the rest of the party. 
to some extent, right? I mean, I, I think they're very into telling people that they're anti-war um, and then sort of hyping up any sort of military action taken by Democrats, downplaying anything by Republicans. Um, I, I mean, I, I think certainly in, you know, it, it, there is this this weird kind of, this is the way that I think the Trump people break with the history of the Republican Party is by saying, well, those were the war guys that like G.W. Bush, that's not us. And that's how they they kind of try to get a clean slate. Um, and then, you know, other 2024 people we saw, we saw Christy Nome, of course, um, you know, South Dakota. She kind of, you know, did her thing. Mike Pompeo was there. I mean, really, I, I guess what struck me after four years of Trump is how little personality a lot of these people have um, and how just kind of uh, just just how flat so many of the performances felt. I was pretty shocked by Pompeo because he I always think of him as like just a blowhard. And he was he really does think he has a real shot at 2024. Yeah, it's very weird to see these people who will definitely not be president and will i'd be surprised if they win a state uh, even if trump doesn't win doesn't run um and and it, it is strange these it, it's sort of like well i don't know dude maybe you could have been president like in the 80s or the 70s you you just have to you have to build bring a little more flash he almost feels like he's from another time you do see like christy Nome. I thought she was sort of a sanitized, like, I I mean, I don't know that the Republican Party is there anymore, but you could see how she could run like a Mitt Romney, right? I mean, I'm this is no endorsement of her at all. I think she's just awful, but she does have really good arms. <laughs> but where, but it feels like a mom, Mike Pompeo, who's like bombastic and obnoxious, but but not charismatic. It, it just is the worst of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think what Chrissy, Chrissy Nome brings to it is that, you know, the Trump people love her because she was so irresponsible with the coronavirus. <laughs> right. Um, and then, but she's not they love her for badly that. known yeah. enough. Or she, she, her, she sort of doesn't have this negative reputation, I think, with the rest of the country widely enough that I, I think she could say, well, you know, I'm a governor and all this stuff. And, and I think potentially would, would have, because basically what the, the Trump people want is they want to know that you're like really willing to willing to risk it all for Trumpism, and and I think certainly she has that credibility in a way that someone like Nikki Haley does not. She's been very kind of like Trumpy in a certain way, and, and but it guns. does feel right and the guns. But it does feel like, and I'm curious to know if if I'm if this is just wishful thinking on my part. It does feel like there is no heir apparent. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's right. I mean, I I think Don Jr. seems a little undisciplined, uh, but I, yeah. although, although you know, I, I don't know that Trump is necessarily a model of discipline himself. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I, I I think there's a lot of people who would like to sort of go back to maybe the, the pre-Trump 2016 race where, you know, you have Ted Cruz, you know, uh, obviously Ron DeSantis is potentially going to run uh, in that it, it's more of a wide open field. But at this point, I think it really is just going to depend on whether Trump gets in or or whether he anoints someone. But I let can we talk about the clubhouse talk? that was happening? Sure. So Clubhouse is this weird little app, right? And it's invite only right now. It's only on iPhones. And it's supposed to be like kind of the big Silicon Valley hot app. And it's, it's, it's basically, it's like, like an audio chat. trillion dollars, right? Right. And I've always found it very weird and off-putting. Yeah, me too. You know, it's sort of like, okay, I, what, am I just going to sit around on my phone and like listen to people talk about Bitcoin right. for a couple There's hours? There's a lot of Bitcoin talk on Clubhouse. 
Yeah, even the rooms that aren't supposed to be Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin and then yes. some guy gets in and, and talks about his Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. But on this app, we discovered today a um, this strange little room that was CPAC hot takes, which was Matt Gates being interviewed by Chuck Johnson, the uh, white supremacist. Yeah, it's a very... Because Clubhouse hasn't, to the best of my knowledge, been banning a lot of these far-right figures who have been banned long ago from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, it's really become a hotspot for people like uh, Jacob Wohl or uh, Ali Alexander, one of the organizers of January 6th, um, or someone like Chuck Johnson, who has sort of emerged from obscurity uh, to come back, and now he's palling around with someone like Matt Gates on Clubhouse. So really, I mean, yeah, it, it's a very weird scene, um, you know, the way that these people are able to interact with, you know, elected officials. Yeah, it's it, it's like Matt Gates did invite Charles Johnson to uh, the State of the Union once. Right, exactly. And then, you know, his comments, you know, that appeared to be denying the Holocaust resurfaced. And obviously Matt Gates took a lot of heat for that. Uh, so it, it, it's a very, um, I guess, it. it Clubhouse is just in this kind of weird situation where they're very kind of like, quote unquote, free speech. And, uh, you know, we're the we're the rationalists and we kind of like anything goes on Clubhouse. Uh, And of course, I think a lot of right wing uh, characters are taking advantage of that. I was listening to this conversation and Matt Gates is much smoother than Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think he he's certainly more disciplined, I think, in, in terms of his, he definitely gets up there and does the speech. It looks more like, obviously, a normal politician speech, while also sort of throwing out debate to the, the Trumpist people that they know that, you know, Matt Gates obviously, is on their side. So, you know, I think he, he's one to watch, for sure. Especially if we watch and see Trump say that he should be uh, <clears throat> the minority leader tomorrow in his speech. Oh, is he going to say that? I mean, there's the report that he's going to call for Kevin McCarthy's head if McCarthy doesn't bow down enough. And, you know, Kevin McCarthy is putting up betting his house that they're going to win back the house in 2022 so my my favorite conservative meme every time this comes up is that you don't have to be a member of member of the house to be uh to be oh, a yes. speaker yes, yes. And, and so every time it's all, like before rush limbaugh died it was like rush limbaugh should be the speaker <laughs> yeah, of the house yeah. or like mark levin like he'll lawyer them to death or like sean hannity and it's I, you know I, I i have seen some talk you know not very credible talk but of like we should make trump the speaker of the house <laughs> if we win in 2022 and then he'll impeach biden oh, no i don't i don't think they'll ever do it they're not they're not organ i mean the thing that you see again and again and you see this today and that it's there are some very very scary people in trump's republican party but there are a lot of very very disorganized people in trump's republican party in the idea that, you know, the, the reason this never happens is because people in the House want to be Speaker of the House. Yeah. Or they, you know, they don't want to just be like, oh, I guess we'll outsource it. We'll just make Tucker Carlson the Speaker. Sure. <laughs> On that note, we'll wrap this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking to smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.